We're living in a time where it's really easy to polarize and demonize others. What I want to talk about is how important it is for allies, how important it is to be kind to one another, and what it actually means to be proactive. I'm here today with Anne Creighton, who is a former president of the Toronto P5 chapter, and I'm really interested in chatting with her because she brings a warmth, a kindness, a knowledge, and a compassionate spirit. So join us for this awesome conversation. So excited to chat with you. Oh, thanks. Um, you know, with your experience as a mom to a parent of someone on the rainbow spectrum, you have such a unique experience and also how that led you to, I think you were an advocate and activist before that, but really to champion. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a touching part for me personally, because I know that when I would be, when I was a young person, not really out and seeing parents march during pride, mm-hmm. um, I was like, oh, what would it be? What would it feel like to be accepted? What would it feel like to be seen for who I am? Yeah. So I'd like to turn it over to you um, just to talk a little bit, like introduce yourself and your story. Sure. Um, I first heard about PFLAG when I was in my early 20s and working at Queen's Park. There was a, a person in our office who was gay and had taken pictures at the Pride Parade, and he was showing me his pictures. And they were all these fabulous people, you know, all in glitter and dancing and so on. And then there was this picture of a bunch of old people wearing Tilly hats. Okay. <laughs> and I said to him, who are they? And he said, that's PFLAG. He said, they're the parents of people who are gay. Yeah. And he welled up saying that. And I thought, oh. And every time I look at our contingent lined up on Bloor Street, ready to march, and I look at our hats, I think nothing has changed. So that was my introduction to PFLAG. So it was in my brain. And then fast forward, my husband and I adopt two children, five-year-old, three-year-old, brother and sister, uh, from the Catholic Children's Aid. They were local kids. And uh, the eldest uh, came to me and said, I don't want to wear dresses anymore. And we had been parents for five minutes. So I wasn't going to die on that hill. So I said, all right, you know, okay. And we shopped in the boys' department for both of them. Okay. And this, is, this was at five years old? Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So she didn't have words at that time. Um, but we figured right from the get-go that she had landed on the rainbow. Right. Okay. <laughs> and we were very intentional about you know, saying, isn't it great that we live in Canada where you can love who you love and marry who you want. And, you know, yeah. it's super that that this is possible. And we had, any time it came up sort of naturally in conversation, we were sure to send a positive message. But she didn't tell us anything until she was 16. Okay. 
And it was because we had never looked into her beautiful blue eyes and said, we would be fine if you are gay. Right? Mm -hmm. We didn't give her that assurance directly. Yeah. So she came up with a plan B. She, you know, talked to her friend. Could she stay there if it didn't go well with us? It was, uh, when I heard about all of this after the fact, I was mortified. And I thought, I can do better. We can do better. So I called up PFLAG and said, I'm not troubled at all by having uh, a kid who's part of the community. I think I just want to join. I just want to be part of your group. And I went to my first meeting and realized how arrogant I was. I needed all kinds of support. I didn't know I needed it, yeah. but I did. So I got the support I needed and I stayed. I loved what they were doing. Yeah. Um, I wanted to help. And uh, I'm still doing that. Well, thank you. I mean, it is, I'm sure even now in this day and age that we live in, in 2023, where so many, you know, it feels like we live in a society where it's more accepting and we've overcome many milestones. But I also feel like we're entering a chapter where we're feeling and hearing a lot of rollbacks yep. of these things, which is very disheartening because I'm a firm believer that it doesn't matter whether you're on the rainbow. It doesn't matter what your skin color is like, what your gender is, and, and these things, that we're all people. Yeah. And we all deserve to be respected. We all deserve to have those basic human rights of kindness, mm -hmm. right? Not asking for much. No. But the rhetoric right now has a lot of negative sentiments, which is very hurtful and very disturbing. Oh, we can't. We can't stop pushing we get right we can't stop responding when we see that sort of thing happen yeah. it's happening right now at our own tdsb yes i see it I, my, I have kids in the school system they're sending home permission slips now to have a drag queen story time at an elementary school yeah. they're not allowed to do that right they are not allowed to do that yeah. but they are basically saying you need to be cautious about giving permission for your child to sit and hear a story about why Max like stresses. Mm -hmm. You know, like seriously, mm. a permission slip? Yeah. That's othering, right? Yeah. That is suggesting there's something dangerous yeah. Yeah. about a member of the community reading a story. All right. I mean, it, it's also very interesting right now with even raising the pride flag. Yeah. Um, in the Catholic school board and that there was a whole intentionalness oh. of having trustees who were quite right um, to take up those spaces and to roll back those efforts and how we see the movement yeah. from the states try to replicate, you know, with Roe versus Wade and, mm -hmm. and the rollback of those rights for abortion and how they're trying to do that playbook in Canada. And so if we are zombies... And if we are complacent, that too can happen here. Um, I, I think that there is evidence, clear evidence, that here in Toronto, there has been some organization, and I, I'm not quite sure which one it is, I have an idea, that has encouraged people who are afraid of the community, people who are 
afraid of immigrants, afraid of uh, progress, yeah. <laughs> uh, to run for these trustee positions. We don't know who we're voting for on the municipal ballot. We don't know those person personally. We don't know how to make our choice. And we could be inadvertently voting for somebody who is actually hostile to our kids. Yeah. Right? We could we could be electing somebody who's not great. And they're not starting at trustees, they're starting at parent councils. We're now, I went to a, a, a senior public where most of the people on the parent council were angry fathers. Not caring moms. They were, you know, really, really upset that the school had invited PFLAG to come and talk to their kids. Mm -hmm. This is a senior public. We had been at that school every year for the previous decade, talking to the grade sixes. The sevens and eights had already seen us. Yeah. Sixes every year. We didn't get to do that this year because the people on the parent council had changed. So we need to be much more intentional about who we vote for. We need to step up and serve on that parent council. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I hear you because, you know, especially after COVID, people are stretched so thin and feeling, I think a lot of people are overwhelmed also with inflation and mm -hmm. life. Everything happens all mm -hmm. at once. But mm -hmm. if we do not stand up, yeah, then we, you know, are really liable to miss the boat. Well, the other side is getting organized. Yeah. So we have to be, we have to be prepared to step up. Yeah. We were just talking while off camera about the power of PFLAG in the Pride Parade. Mm -hmm. um, do you want to share a little bit about, you know, being on that side of walking? I know, as, as I just shared, when I was a young person coming out, how it would make me well up and to think about all these parents, you know, not reflective of myself as well, but feeling like there's never any space mm -hmm. um, for me. But for you as a parent, when you walk through PFLAG? Yeah, I was surprised the first time I marched. There were people reaching out to us. There were people sobbing uh, behind the, you know, it was really a difficult, difficult march emotionally for us. Yeah. And I think that's because the cheers that we're getting are almost half and half combined with cries of anguish. Mm. There are people who did not have supportive parents. And when they see us, we trigger that. Yeah. We remind them they didn't have supportive parents. Yeah. That's really powerful. It's quite astonishing the power we have and we have to use it with such care. Yeah. So when we're marching, we tell the people on the outside of our contingent, feel free. If someone is reaching out to you, reach back. We don't want to just walk by people who are upset. Yeah. Right. So we are a slow moving contingent in the pride parade. There's always a big space between us and the group ahead of us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we frequently miss our interviews with City TV. <laughs> because you're out. Actually. Because we're too far back. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I, I think that there's power and testimony to that. Yeah. Um, and I think also, you know, one of the reasons why I really wanted to talk to you about, and you had mentioned this about TDSB, was, you know, irrespective of what people's thoughts are, children, mm -hmm. you know, every parent wants their child 
to be loved and supported Mm -hmm. and to meet their best potential. Mm -hmm. But yet, especially after COVID with so many children being um, at home, who knows what the environment was like, different, uh, you know, when people moved to remote learning, you could see, you could see a glimpse of what a person's life was where, you know, it could be a four person family living in a one bedroom home to, you know, someone who had their own bedroom, kids mm-hmm. having their own bedroom. So it just, it was the whole gamut. Yeah. Um, people who had access to technology, people who didn't have access to it, people who are really too young to be in front of a screen for like six hours a day. Yeah, and people who had their parents hovering right behind them the whole time they were on screen. Yeah. So there were so many experiences and I actually wanted to take the moment because I think this particular episode, I wanted to dedicate this to the parents um, and and to kids. Uh, How can we be creating more supportive environments, uh, recognizing that there's bullying happening on the playground? Yeah. Circumstances where as parents, we want to try and have as much control as possible But yet the reality is what happens in the playground is so outside of our control. What happens outside of our, like, you know, like when the kid's there, they're their own person. They have their own experiences. So Mm -hmm. even beyond the playground, Mm -hmm. um, I just remember you speaking about that at one of our parent council meetings. Well, yes, because I had a kid who was bullied. Yeah. Um, I am going to switch now quite intentionally. Uh, Two weeks ago, my eldest told me, their name is now Adam. Okay. And he uses the pronouns he and him. Okay. So when Adam was in elementary school, um, he knew he was different. The girls didn't get him, and uh, he wasn't accepted by the boys. It was very hard uh, for him. And when you are feeling like you don't belong, you have a shining, bright light saying, come on, bully, come and get me, right? They absolutely zero in on the kid who's already not feeling like they belong, right? And they can be merciless in their bullying, and they were with Adam. And those scars, if you go into, I was in a high school class the other day, and I said, raise your hand. If you still remember something horrible that somebody said to you at school once, something that made you sting, every hand went up. Every hand. And I was just asking about a word that somebody had used or a sentiment that somebody had expressed. I wasn't talking about slamming somebody into the locker or physically bullying. Yeah. I was talking about verbally putting someone down in a way that just destroyed them in the moment. And they never forget that. No, they never do. So what we encourage kids to do is to understand that what makes us different makes us special. Right? There is nothing wrong with being different. It would be a boring world if we were all the same. But sometimes we don't understand what's going on inside a a classmate's head. Nobody understood Mm. why Adam held back. Adam didn't understand really at that point what was going on himself, right? By grade two, Adam had had a crush on another girl. So there was that. 
But it wasn't until two weeks ago that Adam told me, I'm a dude. Right? I'm a guy. So what we tell them is, if you see somebody who's always alone, you don't need to be their best friend, but make sure they're not alone. Walk down the hall beside them. If you're crossing each other in the hall, say hi, smile, nod, acknowledge. Mm -hmm. If you see someone actually being bullied, go approach. approach. Mm -hmm. You don't have to get right beside them, but approach. So the bully sees you walking toward them. Right. Bystander intervention. You haven't actually intervened. You haven't right, said right, anything, right. but it's absolutely an intervention if you walk toward them. Yeah. There are times when you can stand beside them. And that's all you have to do. You can be looking at your phone, but if you're beside that person, the bully's not going to approach. Yeah. Don't let them eat alone. Go sit with them. Tell them they can sit with you. Yeah. If that person decides to go to the principal and say, I'm being bullied, go with them. Stand behind them. Mm -hmm. Let them know there's somebody who saw it and will back them up. Yeah. An ally, it's more than inclusion, Lee. It's, it's more than that. You have to actually support people. Okay. You actually have to be there for yeah. them. And it doesn't mean that you've become their, you know. Best friend. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's too much to ask of a child. Yeah. But making sure that nobody's alone yeah. is a worthy goal. And it's just being kind, right? It's being kind to people who for some reason, don't feel they fit in. And it could just be because they're being bullied and they've made been made to feel that way. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's really important because I think that resonates. As you said, every single kid in that class has had an experience that they remember yeah. being negatively affected. Yeah. yeah. But one of the things is also recognizing um, that if you have had negative things happen to you, you replicate or you imitate that because that's what you know. Right. And so sometimes if you're not aware or supported in processing and dealing with those experiences, you may end up doing the same thing that you wish was not done to you. Yeah. And that's seen in so many different mm -hmm. instances. And so I think the intervention of you don't actually have to physically get involved or like, mm -hmm some sort of contact yep. you can just stand beside someone or walk toward them yeah or walk towards them mm -hmm. and i remember you had a sense of some statistics that it happens at a very early age mm -hmm. um can you share some of those numbers yeah well the, uh, first of all you you're aware pretty much of your gender by the age of two mm -hmm. you know whether you're a boy or a girl mm -hmm. or you know that you don't feel like a boy or a girl mm -hmm. <laughs> Um, the, the other thing is that you probably have your first crush by the time you're in grade two, mm -hmm. which is a big clue about your sexual orientation. Mm -hmm. So children very young, uh, have these experiences and immediately think there's something wrong with me, mm -hmm. right? I'm not like everybody else. Why did I have that crush on a girl instead of a boy? Mm -hmm. Or why is everybody having a crush and I'm not? Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, there are all these feelings that kids are having, thinking, what is wrong with me? Why am I different? Yeah. Right? They're not happy about being different. And what PFLAG does is it goes into that grade two class or that grade one class, say, it's okay. 
It's normal that some people feel that way. It's common. There are lots of people in this class who have felt exactly the way you're feeling. Right? And one day, you'll feel confident enough to talk about it. But you may not yet. And that's all right, too. Mm. Right? We yeah. just need to reassure people because the, the data is that it's one in four. Okay. It's that common. It's one in four. The school board, some years ago, every school board in Ontario is required to do a census okay. annually. And you can Google school censuses and they'll come up. Don't do sensei, they won't come up. Okay. <laughs> do censuses. And uh, you'll see 25%, 26%, 25%, wow. 26% in all these school boards of kids identify yeah. as 2SLGBTQ. And, you know, I think we're at a tipping point, Lee. My generation, nobody came out. We all married somebody of the opposite sex, yeah. and they married us. Right? One in four of us were yeah. keeping our heads down, apparently. That's true. I, I know many people who were in, um, you know, cisgender relationship, but then were like, uh, no. <laughs> and they're like, that's not who I am. Right. But that, but that's probably your generation. I'm getting my first pension check this year. You're not. Mm. Right? Even in your generation, one in four didn't come out. No. no. But guess what? In your children's generation, one in four are coming out. Okay. But that's terrifying for some parents. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And think what it might trigger. Yeah. Why do you get to come out? Okay. Yeah. Right. So we are at a, a an inflection point here. And just as that is happening, in comes the right, right? We have all these things interacting at once. It's a it this is a fragile point in our community where Kids feel safe enough with their parents to yeah. come out to them. Kids are coming out in preschool. Little boys are asking if they can wear dresses in daycare. So we're at a point now where they're, where young parents are not putting boundaries around their children. Okay. And their children are responding by letting them know who they are. Okay. And all of that is unfolding in our elementary schools. So that door is open. It's open now. I can't see that number changing. I can't see, but there's going to be conflict. Well, there is conflict, 100%. Exactly, exactly. There's going to be conflict. So, so what so do we do well, about that? Well, we need to be on it, right? We need to be watching it. We we are helping the parents. We are helping the grandparents. PFLAG is there for parents to reach out to. We put a, um, a poster a while ago on the TTC. They, they have this down period between the, um, well, now and back to school. There's nothing really happening on the TTC, so there are no ads there. So they offered us a free spot, and we had these posters done saying, treat their words with care, meaning when your kids come out, be kind, right? Yeah. Be accept you know, Even if you didn't see it coming, mm -hmm. say, I'll always love you. Yeah. Right? Treat their words with care. So this, the, the sayings on the posters were, dad, I'm by, mom, I'm not a girl. You yeah. know, these, they were all the coming out phrases, a series of posters lining the subway stations and on the buses. 
And we got extra people on our answering our support line phone number because we thought we're going to get more calls than usual. We recruited people who had retired from answering the line. We reached out, could you answer the support line? We had everybody lined up. And virtually every call we got was from a man in his 50s. Not one man, a whole bunch of men. Interesting. They'd never come out. Putting that sentence out there reminded a lot of those one in four. Why? Well, I haven't that actually thought about that. That they didn't yeah. come out. Yeah. So, so we were supporting members of the community who were married for 30 years, had children, had grandchildren, had, you know, jobs that they, where they weren't out. Some of them actually worked for the TTC. Um, you know, it was, it was a hard time for them. It was a hard time for them. So we are at a point where people are at their most vulnerable. Mm -hmm. And we just need to be kind. We need to give people a break. We, you know, not to, don't, you know, we just need to be gentle. So how do we give people a break? Well, when parents come to us mm -hmm. and they are racked with emotion because their child has come out as transgender. Yeah. We must not preach and we must not judge. Mm -hmm. And if it's hard for me, imagine how hard it is for a trans person who's also on the Zoom. Yeah. Right? But we have to give that parent room to tell us how they're feeling and how they're feeling might disappoint us. But they have come over our threshold They've entered our room, right? So we just need to give them space and empathy. We need to be gentle in our nudging mm -hmm. and they will get there. They always do. They will turn into me, right? They will turn into a volunteer someday. Yeah. But at the moment, they're in crisis. Mm -hmm. And we can't jump down their throats and say, you know, just call him he. It's not that hard. You know, we can't do right. that. We can't do that. Well, I think it's really complex. Like I know like it's very controversial right now about trans like dynamics. Like you just see it and it's really hard to process for so many people. Yeah. Um, and so I try to withhold judgment. It's hard. Yeah. And having conversations like to, to help understand where someone is coming from, because actually we had a conversation starting off with parents worry about their kids' futures. They worry sure. about, like, do you know what I mean? Like, where sure. is the, the lashback? Like, sure. where does that fear come from? Like, it's not that, I don't think it, it's parents who don't love their children. No. I think it's coming from a place of, what oh, is their life going to be like? What's going to happen? Yeah. I know for, you know, like from my personal experiences, like, well, you'll never have kids. Like you won't have a family. Like, do you know, like there, there are these, these images, the vision when you have kids, like, oh, they're going to be this and this. And then all of a sudden that vision right. you gets have shattered to, yeah. and everything you grew up thinking that, you know, it's going to be a certain way. The picture yeah. just is shattered. And then you have to go, oh, it's a new beginning. So as a parent um, and talking to other parents, like, first of all, for parents to call PFLAG, I think 
takes a certain kind of person. Cause I don't think my parents, there's no way my parents would have ever called P flag. And I always wish that they would, but there's a cultural barrier and, yeah. and those dynamics, but we'll start where we start. But I think the enlightenment that you have of parents come from this fear of, Oh, what is your future like? Yeah. Well, there's two things I want to, yeah. there's two things I want to say here. First of all, parents, lots of parents contact us okay. and you're right. They, they wouldn't all do it the same way. So certain parents are comfortable being in a room and telling their story to people they don't know. Some are comfortable on Zoom, right? But not in a room. Some will call and have a one-on-one -on -one conversation with me, but never go on Zoom or be yeah, in yeah. the room. Right. Some people won't call, they will text. Okay. And you can text our support line. Oh, wow, that's cool. So in every case, we're getting a different person and it has to do whether they're an extrovert or an introvert but it also has to do partly with their faith their culture their concern that other people in the community might learn that they have a child who's on the rainbow yeah um there is still uh unfortunately having a kid who's 2s lgbtq is still considered in some homes as a part of dirty laundry right and you don't air your dirty laundry yeah right you keep it you keep it close we had a kid come to us saying how hard his mom worked you know that she had three part-time jobs that she was doing her best to keep it all together and that he had a brother who was in jail and when he came out to his mom she said you don't get to be gay i don't have room for that i can't cope with that Shut up. You know, this was a mom who was just barely hanging on. She doesn't have time to call P-Flag. Mm. Who's supporting her? Yeah. Right? This is what I lie awake at night wondering. How do we, how do we help? Mm -hmm. And if, if that is not P-Flag, how do we help you start something that's different mm -hmm. for your community? How do we... So we are, we just did a panel in Farsi, okay. uh, a webinar where all of the speakers were speaking the Persian language and uh, they were talking to a Persian audience. We funded that, we put it together. Um, we have uh, a pilot project now that is expressly aimed at uh, Chinese speakers, so Mandarin and Cantonese. Yeah. Um, and it's, for, for South Asian only, mm -hmm. right? It's meant targeting that group. Uh, so we're we're trying to support people who want to support people. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah, so yeah. we're we're in the background saying, sure, we have a, a trans femme and um that's people who are feminine trans women. Yeah. Okay. Or non-binary and feminine. Yep. We have a group for them because they couldn't afford a Zoom uh, license. So we said, sure, hop on, right? So they now host their trans feminine envy group on PFLAC's Zoom account and then on our calendar, right? So there's a question, there's another example of us saying, okay, you know, we'll do that for you. Yeah. It's a very caring organization. Well, it's the, I think it's the right thing to do. Yeah. 
Um, and anybody who wants to do that should contact us. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So they do contact us, and we are trying to make it easier for them to contact us. But you're right. There are a lot of parents who've never heard of us. We're well-known in the community, but we're not well-known outside the community. So how do, like, you know, in terms of supporting parents, what are some tools, like, you know, apart from listening to them, like, what are some tools that you offer what are common? I don't even know if there's a common theme. Well, that you one see of the things up. that happens in these fora is that parents talk to each other and ask each other questions. So, uh, or a member of uh, somebody who's just starting their transition will ask people who are further on in their transition, where do you go for laser therapy? Or have you found a binder that's more comfortable? Mine's pinching. Mm-hmm. Where did you get yours? It, you know, where did you go? How can I, you know, how can I get a, you know, help because I don't have any money for a binder. Mm-hmm. Like the, all these things come up in the conversations at every meeting. It's one of the reasons that I keep going back. Yeah. And I'll tell you what I learned from parents of trans kids and from trans people themselves made me better able mm-hmm. to take that call from Adam. Yeah. Right. The community educated me. What a gift that was, yeah. right? I mean, it's a gift just having a kid on the rainbow yeah. because it opens your mind to that community that is invisible to yeah. so many people, right? Yeah. And it's a big friggin' community. Yeah, There's a lot, of, a lot of people in it and many of them are not out. So how can we make places safe for them? I fear the schools are becoming less safe. Yeah. Well, we so, see that. We see yeah. an attack on that. The good news is that workplaces are becoming more safe. Yeah. Right? We are now talking to business owners about going beyond allyship, going beyond the basics, going beyond. What more can you do? How can your place of work be a beacon for people? Yeah. Right? If you can't be out at home, if you can't be out as part of your faith community, mm-hmm. you have a workplace that is separate from all of that, and you can be you at work. Right? Yeah. They will keep your privacy, right? They will keep it private, and they will let you be you. Yeah. And I think that's one of the things that, I, you know, I, I hope continues. I was reading the paper about how the rise of the right has also impact, like put threats to stores. So for instance, yeah. like Target in the yeah. States had yeah. a prominent, hey, celebrating pride. At Starbucks now. And they're like, oh, and then they reduced all the pride merchandise yeah. and yeah. all this stuff. And, and they did that to keep their employees safe. Yeah. Because you wind up people to yeah. think that you're predators. You wind up people to think we're groomers. Yeah. Right? My gay kid is not interested in straight people or children. They're interested in gay adults who like them. Yeah. Right? They don't want to groom a straight person. They don't want to mess with a kid. Yeah. It's ridiculous to think that. Yeah. But it's being promulgated. It's being used as a wedge issue. 
It's so irresponsible what's happening in the United States. They have a one in four chance for each child they have that they've got a kid on the rainbow. Mm. Right? Two SLGBTQ kids are being born to those people. Yeah. Well, look at Dick Cheney's kid. I know. I know. Well, Dick Cheney's kid was out about that. Dick Cheney's kid found a way to be out. A, a lot of them will not. Yeah. I just think about how challenging that is, like all the the pressure. Yeah. Political pressure, yeah. social pressure. It's hard. Pressure. This community has such a hard, hard road to hold. Yeah. No other minority has to announce who they are. Mm. No other minority is at risk of being rejected by their parents. It is only this minority. It needs more. It needs more support. It needs more help. So how do we do that? Whatever you can do. Whatever right? you like can what's do. What's the message support, that we can put Support Rainbow Railroad. Support Youth Line. Support PFLAG. Support EGAL, which does the legal challenges. Support um, Ruby's. Support, you know, the shelters for kids. 40% of the kids on the street are from this community. Way beyond one in four. Yeah. Almost half of the kids without homes in our city, are to us LGBTQ, right? So Ruby's and Sprout House are shelters for them, but probably not enough. Covenant House has also a majority of kids yeah. who are uh, in the community now too. Yeah. There's not enough space for them that's safe. It's true. Now, if, if, a, if a kid comes to the door of Covenant House, they're told there are trans people living in Covenant House. Do you have a problem with that? There are gay people living in Covenant House. Do you have a problem with that? And if you do, here's an address of another shelter. That's a Catholic shelter saying that. Right? So there are people who are doing the extras. There are people who are saying, we're standing on their side. Yeah. Right? We're making them our priority. Yeah. There just needs to be more than that. And the school board needs to be emphatic in its support. The school board has a responsibility. And it can't start pandering. It can't start pandering to that very loud voice that says they're dangerous. Yeah. There's nothing dangerous about kids waving rainbow flags and marching around the block and calling it their pride parade. Yeah. There's nothing dangerous about that at all. Yeah. Well, I think supporting that, the mental health and wellness. Yeah. Um, what are ways to help support that? Well, the, the mental health and wellness piece broadly is uh, a nightmare. If you have a child who needs those services, you have a, Hell of a time finding them. It's really hard. Yeah, yeah. So we just uh, we just need to keep the pressure on our politicians to fund all of healthcare. Yeah, not just our bodies. I'd like them to include our eyes and our teeth as well. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, I, I think that you know 
what you what you have shared is a stark reality. Yeah. There's opportunities. There's certainly lots of challenges, but there are opportunities if we. And without you know always bringing back things to PFLAG, without any doubt, uh, the TransPulse survey that that was done by Rainbow Health mm-hmm. uh, and has been redone several times to keep it up mm-hmm. to date. Mm-hmm. Every time says that the risk of depression and suicidality is yeah. reduced 98% if you have one accepting parent. 90%? 98. Wow. Wow, that's a huge... So having one parent who accepts you and helps you. It's powerful. The most powerful, the most powerful thing to address that we have. Yeah, that's wonderful. I mean, it's wonderful to hear that as 98%. And so the work that we're doing is God's work. It is, absolutely. And I hope, you know, you were the former president of the Toronto P5 chapter and you haven't left. Like you continue oh, no, to no, be no. a passionate volunteer. Yes. And oh, yeah. Inspiring others and helping others and creating space. Because I know that that is certainly one of the things that you do which is like, oh, do you need help there? Okay, well, this is where we're going to help and support you and help create opportunities. Yeah. We need more people like you, and which is a big part of why I wanted to speak with you of sharing the truth. Well, you know, I get so much back from it. I right. really do. I was talking to a grade four class yeah. on Zoom yesterday. Yeah. And uh, I did the little presentation that we do. Yeah. I told Adam's story. I explained that that. Adam was a new thing for me. Yeah. Um, and that I was was going to try not to slip into the wrong pronoun or the yeah. wrong name. I did slip, unfortunately, but I trying not to. And that's okay too, and, because it's a learning process. Exactly. And and also it it's good for kids to know you don't have to have it all figured out when you're five. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. You right. can just start with knowing you hate dresses. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, our kids are on a journey of discovery. Yeah. And sometimes they don't get it sorted until they're older. Yeah. And the other thing is that kids will be gentle with their parents. Even if they know they're a dude, for example, they'll just say, I'm gay, because they think their parents can manage that. Right. And they're hoping that one day they'll be able to manage the truth, which is a bit more than that. Yeah. Right, a little step. Even even uh, Adam started out by saying, "I'm non-binary." Yeah, right. <laughs> and I'll use them, they, or he, him. And finally, I said, "Look, what is it? Right? Is it them, they, or he, him? He, him. Okay, <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, gotcha. All right, gotcha. Well, so so you don't, you know, they're not going to have it figured out right away. We need to leave space for people to have their journeys in a safe way. Yeah. And the way to do that is to help parents get by that first surprise, that first emotional roller coaster, yeah. and get to the place where they are there for their children. Yeah. Right? To help them because their kids need their help. They can't access stuff yeah. without their parents' consent when they're young. Well, I feel like it's so wonderful. Like you have been so active from such a early age in Adam's life of being a 
advocate, a personal advocate. And that even on this journey of having the surprise just two weeks ago of it is not they, them, it's he, him. <laughs> and that even for yourself, someone who's seasoned in supporting other parents, that you're like, okay, I have had this, the experience and now I need to process that. And it's okay to slip. Like, you know, yeah. like we're not perfect. So, because there's that fear yeah. of, am I saying the right thing? Am I saying the wrong thing? Am I doing the right thing? And I think we have to also remember we have, we're all humans. Yes. And nothing is formulated and that there's space yeah. for, for growth, yeah. challenges, change. And it's not perfect because I think many people feel uncomfortable talking about these things because they're like, if I say the wrong thing, I'm going to get lambasted. Oh, or if I do what? this, da, 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 da. make an effort. Yeah. Make an effort. It's always appreciated. Yeah. I was, I was actually quite concerned though. It was the first time when I did this grade four thing that I was going to speak about Adam. Well, it was a, big. To well, it was yesterday. I know. It was, it was big. And at, at the end of the presentation, the teacher asked if the kids had any questions. And this little boy named Kareem said he had a question. He was never on camera, so I didn't actually see him. He wanted to know if I was okay. So children naturally are kind. Yeah. Naturally. We need to encourage them not to walk away from that. Yeah. To continue to be kind. And we need to remind adults how good it is to be kind. How what you get back when you're kind. Yeah, I think that's a very powerful. I got that back from a kid in grade four. So why would I not want to continue doing this? Absolutely. No, I thank you. I'll very do much this for until that. I don't know my name. Absolutely. Well, thank you. I mean, one of the things I just wanted to end on was um, your favorite quote, which is too soon old, too late smart. Yeah. 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 You know, even as I let Adam not wear dresses, I was critical of parents who allowed a teammate of Adam's to have a boy's haircut. <laughs> right. So I've been on my own journey and I have, you know, I have Adam to thank for that. I'm so lucky that that child walked into my life. Well, I think there's also, a it's also a testament to who you are as a person to be able to, you know, recognize your own abilities to change the narrative, your own abilities to change the reactions and to shift and to share love. Yeah. And to be kind. Well, it's, it's the best way to be. Yeah. It's the best way to be. So the message really is something that is very simple, but sometimes hard to do, but to be kind and yeah. to maintain that kindness. Yes. And let your kids know that no matter what you love them, no matter what. Thank you, Anne. You're welcome. I appreciate your time. Thank you for sharing your story. Oh, no problem at all. Yeah.